Hello, everyone. My name is Seth Zier, and I'm here with my wife, Nicole, and we had the pleasure of sharing our testimony and our story uh, with you all today. Um, it's a little bit different than probably prior formats. We're recording our message. Um, just had some technical difficulties when we shared live. Um, so not sure if our, uh, we had a few slides, if those are included or not. Either way, um, we'll, we'll describe some of the examples that we showed on that as we, as we share our testimony and our story. So as I mentioned, my name's Seth. I'm here with my wife, Nicole. Uh, we are members here at Grace Church and have been attending uh, Grace coming up on 13 years. We've been married 14 years, and as high school sweethearts who met freshman year in Spanish class, we have been dating almost 22 years. Um, Nicole and I have four kids, Brooke, who's nine, Belle, who's seven, Becca, who's five, and Braden, who's three. And yes, obviously, we went with the B theme. Um, we were told that this week the focus was on commitment, and we wanted to share our commitment journey with you in our relationship with Jesus Christ and in our marriage. When Seth and I were first engaged in approaching our wedding date, we participated in a premarital, premarital counseling with our pastor, and in one of the sessions, he took us through a visual of what God's design um, for a Christ-centered marriage would look like. And um, so if you can just envision a triangle, and at the bottom is Seth and myself on the, the two points, and then Christ is, is the top part of the triangle. And it represents the vital importance of our commitment in pursuing a relationship with Christ. So as we go vertical in our commitment in pursuing Christ, then this aligns with the commitment to each other in drawing close and is one in marriage. As Seth and I have reflected on this, it was clear how vital our individual commitment to Christ is as he shapes and molds us as individuals and about how that impacts our relationship with each other. So for us, this is where our journey and preparation for marriage began. So just to share a little bit about my testimony, I grew up in a Christian family and accepted Christ at a young age. As I grew physically, I also grew spiritually in understanding my faith in Christ. I had a solid faith, foundation, and Christian support system all throughout my adolescent years in high school. Then hit college. I went to Iowa State University uh, for school and also to play football. And Nicole also attended Iowa State, which was a bonus, given we didn't have to face the challenge of a long-distance relationship. Once at college, freshman year hit me hard. For me, no one knew me. Um, there wasn't a reputation that I needed to maintain. My thoughts were that I could explore and do whatever I want, and I did just that. I explored temptations of partying and my own selfish desires. Freshman year was definitely my spiritual value that led to some poor decisions, and ultimately a decision with another one where I cheated on Nicole and cheated on God. I was choosing my own path, and it damaged my relationship with Nicole, and more devastatingly, my relationship with God. It wasn't until a point where I was on my knees, broken and weeping on my dorm room floor, that I realized where this path was taking me. I felt as if God had taken his presence away from me and said, Seth, is this what you want? Because this is where you are heading. I can tell you to this day that I still remember that what that feeling felt like. Just, just a feeling of complete and utter darkness loneliness and despair. At that moment, I asked the Lord for forgiveness and for him to bring me back to him. From that point on, through a committed relationship back to Christ, God began to do a work in me. 
God also did a work in Nicole. It was only through understanding God's love and grace that Nicole was able to forgive me, putting us on a path to restoration for our relationship. So I grew up in an unbelieving divorced home, and I attended church, but mostly on holidays. I'm the oldest and definitely one who grew up being taught good values, and I knew the difference between right and wrong. In high school, I began attending youth group with a good friend and also to see Seth. Seth began asking me questions about my faith, and I soon began to question if I truly knew God as I was hearing about a personal relationship with Christ, which was very new to me. And at 16, I attended a youth retreat in the summer along with thousands of other students. It was a week-long trip, and on one of the first nights there, there was a time to come forward and give your heart to Jesus. I was so nervous, and I remember God continuing to knock on my heart and quietly whisper, Do not be afraid. I rose out of my seat, and with my eyes on the front, I walked forward with no fears. I joined many students that night and gave my life to Christ. We sang, I'm coming back to the heart of worship, as I was surrounded by new brothers and sisters in Christ that went forward just like I did. I went back to my seat and I was greeted by my whole youth group with hugs and tears, and I still remember Seth's arms stretched wide as tears came down my face. God's word said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Ezekiel 36, 26. A very vivid memory I have is on the bus ride home from the retreat after giving my life to Christ. I remember the Holy Spirit already beginning to whisper and speak to my heart. I began to feel a nudge of God asking me to tell my family exactly the, the decisions that the decision that I had made, and I was very nervous, and I knew at that time that God was asking me to obey him. I called my mom, stepdad, and brother into a room, and I described to them my experience. I remember crying a lot and my mom saying, that's nice, but why are you crying? The subject was soon changed and we left the room, and in that moment I knew I was different, and I believe God was preparing me to stand for him on my own. Fast forward to college, as Seth fell in the way that he did, I soon realized that I needed to own my own faith and grow and deepen my relationship with Jesus. I learned that my identity is in Christ alone and my self-worth and acceptance cannot come from anyone else but Jesus. I also learned that Jesus never fails me. Even though I try to set expectations on others in my life, whether it be family, friends, or, or anyone, I cannot trust and put my hope in them. I must put my hope into the one who never fails, never gives up, and never forsakes me. God was asking me to give Seth a second chance. And when God brought us back together, we were both very different and had been changed. Not by anything we had done, but Christ had done a deep work in both of our hearts. I had truly forgiven Seth. However, I had not forgiven the other girl. God knew this, and only through his sovereignty, through thousands of students at Iowa State, he placed her in my Bible study one specific night. I walked in and then stared face down at my Bible for an hour as I couldn't look her in the eye. How could God allow her into my safe space, my safe place, into my study of him and his word? Through a series of interactions with her, I was able to witness to her searching heart for God in her own life and forgive her in the process. Isn't it just like God to know that even though I had forgiven Seth, in order for us to have a close relationship with each other, which would one day be marriage, I need to fully forgive everyone, including her. Praise God for his mercy and grace in our lives. 
So again, as you think about the triangle and the importance of a committed relationship to Christ, drawing you individually closer to him, he's going to continue to refine you and purify you. In my case, amidst that restoration process, there was still stuff that God was working on with me. He shined the light on areas of my life that needed to be brought into the light. For me, one area of struggle was an addiction to pornography during my continued college years. This addictive sin was a deceptive and shameful lie of selfish desire that can often creep in and for many rob the beauty of God's design of an intimate and loving relationship. At this point in our dating relationship, Nicole and I knew that God was preparing us for marriage. And I knew that this was something that wasn't only hurting me, but her also. Very embarrassed and ashamed, I confessed the struggle to her. And again, through God's love and grace, she forgave me and came alongside me in prayer and support. And again, through God's faithfulness and forgiveness, he helped cleanse me and give me victory over this addiction. Psalm 32 Five says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Now, as I look back, I see how God was truly preparing me for marriage with her and taught us true love and forgiveness. As he was drawing me closer to him, he was also drawing me closer to her in love and commitment as Christ loves the church. And I often think of this verse as Ephesians 5, 25 through 27 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Out of the struggle and mistakes, God had brought restoration and life, making it into something beautiful as he always does. So for me, it was hard. It was hard to hear of Seth's struggles with this. Naturally, all I could think about was, what about me? Aren't I beautiful to you? Even though I didn't understand, through the hurt and the pain, I continued to affirm him by saying, I'm glad you told me, and we would pray together. I saw Seth in deep struggle and wanting to break free of the sin in his life, and we were seeing God working, and it would just took time for God to bring to the surface all that he wanted us to get rid of as we put off the old and we put on the new. Colossians 3, 9 through 10 says, Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So here we are now. We finally made it. We are married. Two are now one. And our individual commitment with Christ is now even more intertwined and connected with our commitment in marriage with each other. This is where we continue to draw close together and towards Christ in the triangle example visual that we talked about. So what does that look like? Or I should say, what does that not look like? So in our first year of marriage, Seth and I were still in grad school at Iowa State University and we lived in a one-bedroom apartment It was our first home together as a married couple. I soon began to notice that Seth started accumulating lots of stuff on his dresser. So think of things like big mugs with lots of random things put inside. I found it to be my duty to help Seth transition from a college dresser to a married dresser, free of clutter and a nicely organized space. Now, as I continue to find my stuff put in my top drawer, 
With great wisdom and discernment, I concluded that this wasn't happen happening miraculously on its own and that my new bride was trying to drop me a hint. Fast forward, this continued for a little while until it got to a point of me clutching my things, half joking and half serious, seriously, telling Nicole to, and I quote, get away from me and my things and that she was stealing my manhood. In my, man, in my mind, this was my stuff and not hers. And if I wanted them on my dresser, I am justified in displaying my treasures. No matter how cluttered and tacky it may look. Well, I can tell you now, today, uh, if you were to go upstairs and to see my dresser, I now have a picture of Nicole and I on it. So one picture of her and I. And then also some kind of fake plan on it. Just those two items. Um, and, I, and I will say... Uh, it, it does look pretty nice, so I will admit that today. Uh, my stuff, or what I have described as my manhood, it's still there, but it is hidden nicely and closed away in a top drawer. So why do I share this story? Though very petty and seemingly harmless, it is a great illustration of what God would start to work on and continues to work on in our marriage and commitment to each other. Because of our sinful nature, we inherently struggle with selfishness and pride. What about me? What about my feelings? What about my stuff? In our journey of marriage and learning a Christ-like commitment to each other, God would start to teach us through his word, mentor relationships, Christian community, trials, and prayer. He continues to teach us how to let go and let each other in, how to compromise, how to be a team, and most importantly, what true love in the form of a humble servant looks like. Christ gives us this example to model from Philippians 2, 5 through 8. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. As we continue to model and pursue him, as noted in the triangle example, we continue to draw closer to each other in a committed relationship, marriage and relationship that God has designed. In that, there is fruit and blessing, even amidst the struggle and challenges that we face around us. Okay, now, so the dresser's good. We got a handle on God's design uh, for marriage, that the triangle that we discussed, and we have everything figured out. So everything's a piece of cake now, right? Just put it on cruise control. As we can all attest to, this is far from reality. This life will always bring challenges that will impact you individually and as a couple. The blessings, but also stresses of raising children, work-life balance, individual goals and pursuits that can create friction, financial strain, challenging family relationships, etc., and the list goes on. Time and time again, we find ourselves having to submit to the power and conviction of the Holy Spirit in humility and repentance towards each other and towards God. For Seth and I, God continues to do work in us and our marriage, and we're thankful that he is continuing to do that work to help us be better people, better parents, better spouses, and better servants of Christ for his glory. Our encouragement to you and also a constant reminder for ourselves is to think about and pursue a committed relationship with Christ that aligns with and grows a committed relationship to each other. This ultimately draws you closer to your spouse and to God's design of a Christ-centered marriage. 
So as we commit ourselves to Christ in our marriages, we will be a bright light to the world. We'd like to end with our family verse that God laid on our hearts as we seek and serve him. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 6 says, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves is your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ.